here he is. If you think I'm tough on Adams and Banks, big ratings, noon to one every weekday afternoon. Does a tremendous job weekends on the overnights, but does his best work with me right here at this time every weekday morning. The legend, the icon, Mr. Guardian Angel, Curtis Sliwa. What is he talking about, Curtis? I'm in the butcher shop with you, Sid, and, you know, there's prime meat and there's choice meat. You get only the prime meat because you're the number one show in the morning across the nation. I sent to you early this morning a picture of Mayor Eric Adams in the midst of every crisis imaginable, the illegal aliens, high crime, flight from the city, uh, Fortune 500 companies saying we're out of here. This goofball is standing down by Bowling Green saw this. wearing this dumb hat on his head, making this hand gesture, laughing at the camera, and you're saying, what a screwball. It's at 3 o'clock in the afternoon with every imaginable crisis. This guy basically might as well have been waving the white flag and giving up. I saw the picture, and uh, what country was that yesterday? Albania. Yeah, I like the Albanians. Don't get me wrong. They will F you up worse than the Italians. But, yeah, I, I listen, I, uh, tonight is my um, my monthly dinner. You know I do these dinners every month with Keith Kantrowitz. I love Keith. Power Express Mortgage. And Anthony Carone. I love Anthony. And Paul Carlucci. And Simone is a host of us. You know, Mike Kemper shows up once in a while. And a lot of these guys are friends with the mayor, too. They are. But I, I make it very, very clear to them that I just, he's lost me. He has completely 1,000% lost me. I've gone back and forth. This is not an attack on his character. He's not a bad person. But as a politician, I have no idea who he is or what he stands for. He can one day be on a stage at Gracie Mansion during Jewish Heritage Month telling me how much he loves the Jews, and the next day taking money, allegedly, from Erdogan in Turkey, who hates the Jews more than anybody. I just don't know who this guy is. Well, I'll tell you what. Look how long you've come, King David, the new King David. There was that moment you were over at the Second Avenue Deli, which is really the First Avenue Deli. Yeah, that was F- a Kantrowitz yeah, figure uh, that production, one out. too. Yeah, yeah. That, that was like, yeah, Zionists, we're, we're, we're fighting back against all these Islamic haters of us uh, by having tongue sandwiches. Yeah, that was a real stand <laughs> for the Jews. And you have come so far because I extricated you from that, sitting down at the Second Avenue Deli, by the way, which is on First Avenue. And we were out in the rain outside of Cooper Union where Jewish kids were in the library trapped where the Palestinian horde, the pro-Hamas mob was outside banging on the door. Let us in. Let us in. You, I, Danielle, and others in the rain, the pouring rain speaking out against that. And it's gotten worse, not better. Look at Hillcrest High School. Yes. Hillcrest High School. Now. This happened back on Monday and Tuesday, two days in a row. Hey, you, Gnome Laden, what did they do, brain surgery on you? <laughs> you referred to it as a brawl? This was an anti-Semitic riot for two days. Yeah, I hate to say it, but, Curtis, you've, um, you've described it better. It was not a brawl. It was a hateful, scary, in fact, terrifying anti-Semitic Attack on this lady, and given the opportunity yesterday to fix it, David Banks mentions Islamophobia. Are you nuts? He graduated from Hillcrest. He didn't want it mentioned what happened on Monday and Tuesday. The story, thank God, it came out in the Post on Thursday, or we might never have known about it. He sat on it. 
It was not a brawl. It was an anti-Semitic riot for two days. They were looking for this Jewish teacher who had to be hidden in a closet. They wanted to take that teacher and beat her to a pulp. They actually did uh, administer death threats. She's got to be moved now. But here's the good news. There is some good news here. What's that? The teachers' union, led by fine folks like Michael Mulgrew, and maybe the worst person God ever created, she's at the very top of the list, Randy Weingarten, it seems like they're going to come to this teacher's rescue. You think so? No. Think again. <laughs> All right. You get to make up for this, Noam Lady. Are you listening, Noam? Are you listening? Please, please listen. Noam, I, hop on the mic here, Noam. 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 Noam's impaired. He had brain surgery, so, you, you know, <laughs> he does brain. have some nasty growth <laughs> on the top of his okay. head. Now, <laughs> you would think the UFT yeah. comprised mostly of active Jewish teachers and retired Jewish teachers would have been outside of that school that Monday in defense of that Jewish teacher, a UFT teacher, Michael Mogrut said nothing. He was afraid, hiding in his mansion in Staten Island. In fact, even of late, he has said nothing. And you know why? No, follow up on this. He's got a problem in his own union. It's a subsidiary. Hey, Mike, I know the deal. I met with them last night. The movement of rank-and-file educators... The UFT subsidiary rallies with the pro-Hamas socialist groups. They meet outside of Bryant Park Library. They were part of the group that desecrated the New York Public Library with all that graffiti on the only part that had a Jewish name on it. It was dedicated by Schwarzman, a Jew, and they desecrated that. And he will not condemn what happened to that Jewish teacher because he's afraid of the movement of rank-and-file educators. Uh, Noam, you have homework today to make up for that uh, that mischaracterization of yours that will attribute to your brain surgery, that it was a brawl when it was an anti-Semitic riot. Get the statement of the movement of rank-and-file educators and get the statement of Michael Mogu defending the Jewish teacher, which he's afraid to do, and I'll tell you why. I love this. 1968, Albert Schenker was UFT chairman. He had gone to jail twice before for the teachers on strike. They loved him. He was a socialist. He grew up a socialist. He was there fighting for blacks to be able to sit at the luncheon uh, counter, uh, not to have to ride in the back of the bus. He went down south, you know, when blacks and Jews were together in solidarity. And then all of a sudden, in Ocean Hill, Brownsville, the Ford Foundation, which was the George Soros of the time, the richest philanthropy said, There should not be white teachers or Jewish teachers in black schools. And so there was a move to kick all the white and Jewish teachers out of Brownsville, where many of them had grown up. And Albert Schenker said, hell no, that's anti-Semitism. You ain't going to do that. And he was branded a racist. So now when you look up Albert Schenker... At the end of an illustrious career, it says Albert Schenker racist because he stood up for the Jewish teachers, the white teachers who got kicked out of the Ocean Brownsville schools, unlike you, Michael Moku, who are hiding in your mansion in Staten Island saying, oh, what am I going to do? I don't want to be called a racist. Let me ask you a uh, serious question, Curtis. Have you ever in your life had sex with a man? Hell no. Well, you're about to. Because that rant just now has me so aroused, I can't begin to tell you. And I'm glad you actually pointed out on a serious note, uh, Mr. Shaker, 
and what a great man he was. Albert Shanker. And, uh, Shanker. And what how are your he was peeps? One of my people. Uh, Mulgrew, don't forget, folks, even before this episode, he, along with the whole teachers' union, destroyed, and I mean destroyed, thousands and thousands of our children. What they did during COVID, the teachers' union, led by people like Weingarten and Mulgrew, can never be fixed. So now you've got two different real calamities on hand. Oh. Clearly, Mulgrew oh. not, not sticking up for the Jews and what they did during the whole First COVID off, mess. If we're going to have sex, let me be very clear. I'm the yeah. pitcher, you're the catcher. <laughs> I'm the pitcher, well, you're the you, catcher. You've actually come pretty far. Yeah, yeah, Because absolutely. just the thought of it actually used to make you nauseous. I got the petrol gel. <laughs> I'm the pitcher, you're the catcher. No, but it is, it is great that you have all this knowledge about uh, all this. wait. This yep. is the Something big, else? You said yesterday. You, yeah. It was a throw-out line. Yeah. Al Slim Shady Sharpton, remember? What about him? 1972. Yeah. He was in Tilden High School, the very high school that my mother had gone to on King's Highway, where many of the Jews had gone. I was at Brooklyn Prep, as Peter King always reminds yeah. you, only to get kicked to the curb. You know, I made uh, one very, very famous tackle when I played football for Phil Foglietta. Oh, yes. the, the pedophile. Correct. Joe Namath, the Hero buddy. of Arthur Idala and Joe Takapina. Yes. At Poly Prep, we were playing Tilden. And there's a running back by the name of Owen Gill, who went on to become an All-American running back. Iowa, Iowa. right? Very good. See, I know it. Played for the Dallas Woody Cowboys. Randolph, you know in high school. Yeah, I, I actually, I crushed him. He actually laid motionless on the turf. That's the good news. The what bad news is. you? No, it took me longer to get up than him. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you had asthma. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Okay. Uh, so, okay. So, Al Sharpton, who I did, I had a friend who actually was boasting. On their Instagram page. Was he a hand, Yes. Okay. Now, let me H- say. Handing out turkeys oh, yeah, yeah. for the National Action let Network. Me. I go, are you nuts?